Some people say that when life gives you a lemon, you should make a lemonade out of it. And I ask, what do you make when life hands you a bitter and horribly sour drink? The only horror you might know might be the one you read from a book, online, or perhaps in a movie. I have had a horrible test of life experience. My family have. We were beaten, we were broken, we were trampled upon, and we were made to face the worst kind of humiliation by life. It was not easy. We lost the people we love, but we pulled through. My name is Enuma Keleb. Quote by Dear Apple Naomi. Hello, Pod Peaches. Welcome to another new episode of Time Out with Dear Aponaumo. This is a show where real people share their real life experiences the good, the bad, the funny, the ugly, and the unbelievable ones. It is fun, it is entertaining, and it is educating. Here, people are allowed to talk about their marital journeys, their love stories, their business, health conditions, career, childhood memories, self awakening journey, relationship, friendships, achievements survival stories etc etc so if you are someone who have a story that you would like to share with us on this show you can always call me on 0814-658-7123 or you can also send me a whatsapp message on 070-3502-439-2 then you can also join my facebook community on time out with dear apple now Search and follow Time Out with Dear Aponaumu to join our Facebook community and join the online conversation. You can also follow me on IG by searching and following Dear underscore Aponaumu to help me build an online presence and to communicate with you better. It is still your host, Stephanie Samuels Ihunweze, whom you are only allowed to address on this show as Dear Aponaumu. On the last episode, we talked about self-love, where I used my own personal experience of how I allowed myself to be treated as a child, and now the way I love and treat myself presently, of, and also how I went on a self-discovery journey, acceptance, and I also built a healthy self-love. I enjoyed all the comments that I got from the last episode. Lots of people sent me WhatsApp messages, which I'm yet to share, telling me their own side of stories of how they were bullied as kids because they had low self-esteem and how they tried as much as possible to build to build their self-esteem to a very healthy level i love all the feedbacks that i got and i am thankful that all of you are following thank you so much for always being here for me and like i always say this show has come to stay now on this new episode we'll be talking about a man called Enu Makeleb who sent me a WhatsApp message and from there he, he, he put a call through to me and we talked about a very horrible experience which him and his family went through at a particular time in their life and of course at the end they pulled through. So I will be narrating the story the way he told me and I wrote it down in the story format to be able to share with you all my dear podcast listeners so that we all can get to see or can get to hear what this guy went through which he wants which he shared with us of course and then we'll get to learn time out with the apple now is now live on anchor on spotify on pocket cast on google podcast 
radio public and breakers so you can always search platforms as i've always mentioned i've already mentioned and you can follow me subscribe and listen to the show of course you know that your reviews your questions your comments are always welcomed and if you are interested in being part of the show you can always call me on 0814-658-7123 or you can also send me a whatsapp message so that we can get to chat and talk about it before we come on air to record it on 0703502439 and 2 or my gmail account is dear underscore at gmail.com in the intro x episode i told you guys that sometimes our, our stories or stories that we shared on the show will be fun it will be interesting and all of that and sometimes it may get very ugly and leave you so emotional and leave you crying and all of that now let me warn you before we get right into it that today's episode is one of those days where the story will get you crying and leave you very emotional so before we start this story proper let me warn you that you should go and get your rolls of tissues because Lots of tears are going to be shed on today's episode. I cried when he told me his stories and I know that people like me who are always very emotional will also do same. So let's get right into it. Good evening, dear Apnau. Trust you are well. My name is Inua Caleb. I'm tempted to use a fake name, but damn it. The first intro I listened to you, you said your podcast is about people sharing their real life experiences, no matter how it goes. I must say, it was fun talking to you. I would have loved to be a guest on your show, but my schedules are always tight and I also fear that my emotions might fail me. So I'm writing to you as we discussed so that you can help me share with your audience. My name is Enoa Keleb. I'm a businessman based in Uyo, Akwaibam State. I am married to the love of my life, Mrs. Eunice Enoa. She encouraged me to share this part of my life which I revealed to her on my knees when I was about proposing to her. And that is because my mother insisted that I tell her about it before I propose to avoid issues in our marriage. It is a very shameful event that happened in our family, but my mom always insists on myself and my siblings to tell the story to anyone we become serious with and intend to settle down with to avoid stories that touch. The story I'm about to share happened when I was much younger, although I will throw back a little bit to give you an insight into what it was like at the beginning. I was born into a family of six, four girls and two boys. Chima, popularly known as Manchi, was the first, my best friend my only brother whom I lost in the hands of mobs because of his waywardness and stubbornness. This story is about him. Our mother was a school teacher and our father a medical doctor. I hope you know what it means to have this kind of parental figures. They tried their best to raise, up, to raise us up the best way they knew how to. Their vision for us was the best, but apparently, life doesn't always go as we thought. Chima, my late brother, was five years older than myself. He was practically my protector, always shielding and fighting for me when we were kids. I remember as a kid how he would always turn up for me and defend me in different fights I found myself in. 
good old days. We were staunch Catholics, so we all went to Catholic schools. My late brother Chima was sent to a Catholic seminary boarding school in Enugu. From his JS2, the reverend fathers and workers in the school would always report his bad deeds to my parents anytime they go on visiting in the school. At a point, it got to the point where they gave him two weeks suspension with some other boys for sneaking out of the school premises at night. It wasn't funny. My mother cried like a baby. She knelt before my late brother and begged him not to kill her with his incessant problems. My father beat him up like a criminal and warned him not to dent the image that took him years to build. After all the drama, he promised to change. But did it end there? No. After Junior Wayek, the school expelled my brother. Their reason? He was a bad egg that's corrupting most of the students in the school. The Reverend Father said he cannot condone his act again and for that they expelled him. Even right now, I could still remember my mother's face after she read that expulsion letter out to all our hearings during our night prayer. My mother was very teary-eyed. My father was mute. I was disappointed. And my sisters were just looking. I couldn't even explain their emotions that night. My father was mute for days. I didn't say much to my brother either because I was ashamed and disappointed too. School resumed for the next session and my father refused my mother getting a new school for my brother. Every day we would go to school and when we returned we would meet him in our elderly neighbor's flat watching movies. One day, my mother called me and asked if my brother has discussed anything with me about his interest in going back to school. I told her no, but I also told her how I always see him at our neighbor's house happily watching movies. She was really worried. As a teacher and a mother, she knew and believed the right thing should be done. And that right thing was sending my brother back to school. She pleaded with my father for years, but he refused. He said he has made up his mind to send, to send Chima down to the village to go and live with her grandmother, or better still send him to Anicha to go and learn a trade as an apprentice. My mother wailed. I and my sisters couldn't help it. We ran into their bedroom to intervene, only to see my father sitting on the couch with his very scary face and my mother rolling on the floor, drenched in her own tears. She implored on us, me and my two sisters around, to help plead with my father to send him back to school before he turns into a street urchin. We all knelt before my father, begging him and crying in unison. After the long drama, my father agreed to send him back to school, but this time to a day school. My mother agreed to it immediately, saying it's even better so she can monitor him closely. Not long after that, my father called for a family meeting. And before all of us, he warned my late brother Chima not to make him regret sending him back to school again. My brother promised to do better. My mother thanked him, and so did we all. Chima resumed the first senior class in one of the most expensive and non-secondary schools in the state where we grew up. The first term was good, 
But after that, reports from different teachers, students, and even parents kept flying into our house uninvited. Every one of them has one bad thing to say about my brother after the other. My parents were invited to the school by the principal. In his office, he looked them in the face and told them that my brother Chima is a thief and a cultist. He told different tales of how he had stolen from different students, how he had bullied many with his gang and even stolen from the girls, threatening to beat them up if they report him. But my father was recounting the level of embarrassment and humiliation he felt during the meeting with the principal. I swear I saw tears in his eyes and that broke me. I tried talking with my brother. Despite being so young, but he would always tell me to mind my business while he does the same. That made me very scared of him. One day, my brother was in the first term of SS3, exam class we all know. I came back from school as usual. I finished all I had to do and went to bed as early as 7pm or thereabouts. I was woken by someone screaming. At first, I thought it was a dream, but then it dawned on me. That's my brother's voice. Immediately, I jacked back to reality and I took off. I ran to my father's room and jammed the locked door. I went straight to the sitting room and met my mother crying bitterly. I sat beside her and I asked what was wrong and she broke the bad news to me. The principal of the school my brother attends had expelled all the bad eggs in his school and my brother talked to the child. He was expelled for stealing cultism and sneaking into the female hostels of the school close to theirs. At that very moment, I went cold. I sat there as tears dripped down my face. I held my poor mother trying to console her as, as I cried too. Just then, my father stormed into the sitting room, threw the broken canes on the floor and looked, and looked my mother straight in the face. Ikabugum, mamuru this boy meaning I am done. I can't kill myself for this boy. He picked his car keys and left. This is the second school expelling him. My father's actions means he is tired of all his troubles. I knew my father very well, so I knew begging him at this time would yield no result. It would be like trying to push a concrete wall into changing its position. So this means no senior wayek for my brother again, and no university. My brother Chima has practically become a secondary school dropout. What a life. Wow. Where did I go wrong? I am a teacher, teaching other people's children the best way to live, correcting them with love and disciplining them. I have changed many people's children, changed their life for the best, why can't I do same for my own child? What am I doing wrong? Looking at my mother's face, that was what I saw. Feeling of sadness, of confusion, defeat, worry and concern for her first son. But did the whole drama end there? No. The next morning, everybody went about their business, leaving Chima at home alone. And that was where we counted from 100 to 1000. Most times, he won't come back home till 8pm, and when he does, he reeks of weeds. 
and anytime I try to talk to him, he would give me that look that shuts me up and put me in my place. Years later, I was out of secondary school. I then got admission to study law at Imo State University. And my brother has become a full street layabout. One evening, I returned from school and I got a call from my mom telling me to get on the next bus and come back home. I tried asking what was going on, but the phone went dead. A million questions ran through my head at the moment, with no answers. I put my things together quickly and I went home. On getting home, I had the worst news. My brother Chima went robbery with his gun. They engaged in a shootout with the police. They killed two persons and shot him on the leg. Can you imagine? how I felt when my mom said that to me. Can you imagine how my four sisters felt? Can you imagine the level of heartbreak my mother experienced? Can you even imagine my father's situation? It was unimaginable. I never knew we were going to get to that point. My mother went ahead to say that they were dragged around town by the officers in the police van. They even brought them to her school and also took them to my father's clinic. Hey, it is finished. Our house was as cold as a graveyard. Days later, I sat in the state court as I watched the judge sentence my brother to six years imprisonment. But that was after he had called them all sorts of horrible names. I cried. I battled within me. No, he's not any of those. He's Chima, Manchi, he's just my protector, my brother. Tears rolled down my face. So now you know that as a lawyer in the book, my first law session was watching my only brother being sentenced to jail for his crimes. It was not easy. My mother was patting her chest as if she's trying to console herself till we leave the court premises. Nobody ever discussed that issue in our house. My father became a shadow of his old self. Bad news travels fast, they say, and it is true. While still at home, I kept getting plenty of calls from lots of people as to that regard. My old friends, my classmates, even friends in school. Some showed genuine care and concern, while others just called to confirm the news. It was not easy. My mother would cry most days. My father only said few words when necessary. And my sisters were just there living by as each day comes. <sighs> I didn't stay at home for long and I returned back to school. It was not life as usual. I lost many friends who thought I would influence them negatively or my image would dent theirs. Before you ask if I ever cried, yes, I did. Many times to tell you the truth. The stigma was too much to bear. Men also cry, you know. Throughout my stay in school, anytime my father called to check up on me, he would always end the call with, don't follow your brother's footsteps. And that broke my heart the more. I visited Chima just twice throughout his stay in jail. 
Years flew by and I graduated. I went to law school and I did my service. Then I was mandated to return home by my father while in search of a job. During that period, my brother had finished his jail sentence. Before his release, my mother had already discussed with my father to send him out of town immediately after he is released. Reason being that they do not want him to keep in touch with his old friends. After so much persuasion, my father agreed. He contacted his friend who was a businessman in Lagos to allow my brother to live with him and learn his kind of trade. Thankfully, the man agreed. That fateful Thursday, my brother was released. My mother and I parked outside the gate of the prison yard waiting for him to emerge. Immediately he came out. He was looking so bushy and dirty. Tears rolled down our faces. We all cried hugging ourselves. My mother told him what the plan was. We drove straight to the barber's shop. He got a clean cut and straight my mother drove to a small hotel. We lodged him there and then we went home. The next morning, as early as 5 o'clock a.m., my mother and I drove down to the hotel. We picked him up and took him to the Lagos Park in the city. And there, Chima boarded the bus to Lagos to change his life for good. We stayed at the park till the driver drove off. My mother heaved a sigh of relief and muttered silent prayers as tears rose down her face. I hugged her and whispered into her ear, Mama, it is well now. You will become better. I could see a light and smile of hope as she looked into my eyes and I hugged her tightly as if the hug alone was enough to end all her worries. We stood there for some minutes as everybody in the park kept looking at us and whispering to each other. Chima stayed in Lagos and we never got any bad news or complaint from his boss. I was at the time working in a small chamber in the city. One of my sisters has finished serving and doing her own business. Two were in the university and the last one was taking her SSCE. Everything was going normal now, or so I thought. Chima called my mother one faithful morning and said he wants to come home. My mother fled up. Then he gave his reasons. According to my mother, Chima said to her, Mama, Munogame won subobun. Acho may be a hunanya. Come for one papa marioko ya yo. Meaning, Mama, I am not having any issues with my boss. I just want to see you all. See Papa too and beg for his forgiveness. My mother mellowed and said to speak to my father first. When she brought the talk up during the night prayer, my father went berserk. The drama that night was not a funny one. My mother didn't give up because she wanted my brother to make peace with my father. But my father, the dog himself, he blatantly refused. Women always have a way of getting through to their men. Because after all the initial gragra, my father succumbed. The truth is that he shouldn't have because that was the last true. Upon now, my brother's coming back to that city was his death. Life 
is indeed nothing. Chima arrived home that day, looking way better than I ever saw him. My mother was overjoyed, running around cooking his best delicacies, which in a way became his last meal. That night of his arrival, he knelt before my father during night prayer and begged for his forgiveness. And my father, he breathed a sigh of relief, accompanied by tears. He patted Chima on his shoulder and told him that he has forgiven him. We were overjoyed. We, I mean, were my mother, myself and my two sisters at home then. My mother picked her phone and called my other two sisters and broke the news to them. We were all happy and everything returned to normal. Every evening, my brother and father would sit outside the veranda discussing. He looked livelier. I looked livelier. Tima finished his stay and went back to Lagos. Two days later, his boss called my father asking if Tima isn't coming back again. My father was confused. I mean, Tima left this house two days ago. And what is this man saying? All of us became restless. Did an accident happen on the road? Was he kidnapped? Is he into any kind of trouble? Why is Chima not yet in Lagos? What is going on? We went to the police station to lodge a report. The police promised to do their best and so we waited. For five days, Chima's number was unreachable. We were all worried, but we decided to keep hope alive. It was on a Tuesday morning. The sun came out earlier than usual. I was already at the chamber going about my normal duties. A call came into my phone. It was from my close friend, Amobi. Amobi was breathing heavily, like someone being pursued by a horribly looking ghost. I asked, Guy, waiting the sun, you do okay soon? Amobi asked my whereabouts and I told him that I was at work. In his own words, Guy, I beg leave everything where they do now, 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 run the come express. I was thrown into confusion. I asked him what was going on, and all he said was, Namanchi. The line went dead. I dropped the file I was holding immediately. Without saying a word to anybody, I ran off. As the bike carrying me was getting to the express, I saw a crowd gathered at one side. I saw burnt tires. In the middle of, this, of the crowd, I could see smoke coming out. I didn't know how I knew, but I just jumped down from the moving bike and rushed to the scene. Amobi appeared from nowhere and held me. He was saying stuff like, Guy, take it easy. I pushed him out of my way and scattered the crowd to get to the front. There, two young men have been lynched to death by the mob. One of them was Chima. My Chima. My only brother. That same one that promised that he has changed. That same one that was supposed to be in Lagos but not. I stood there looking. A million questions ran through my mind. But who will I ask? Who will answer me? Chima has failed me. He has failed our family. Why choose this kind of life? I didn't know how I left that horrible scene 
but the next thing I remember was sleeping on the seat in the hospital ward and my mother on the bed with needles connected to her veins. I woke up to face my reality, the worst of its kind. The story says Chima and another guy were on a bike at around 6.30 in the morning. They were about to snatch the handbag of a woman going to her shop that morning. They succeeded. They snatched the handbag and, and drove off. The woman started shouting and her scream attracted people's attention. A lorry driver went after them and knocked them down with his vehicle. Then the bystanders formed a crowd, carried tires and fuel and set them ablaze. I have never seen a sight that horrible in my life. My brother was looking like a burnt goat. The worst kind of death, with the most excruciating kind of pain. My mother became hypertensive. Then my father followed suit. He withdrew from life. All he does is sit and mope into thin air. We bought an empty coffin, put a plantain stem in it, went down to the village and buried Chima. I called most of my father's close friends, colleagues, and even our parish priest to come and speak to him, to let him know that there is more to life. Did all my effort work? No, it did not. I failed woefully because about four months after, we woke up to found my father dead. The doctor said a heart attack killed him in his sleep. Who do I blame? The dead? And of what use? All I know is that life was unfair to my family. Some years after his burial, my mother retired. We sold some of my father's property and I started my own business. Then I met Eunice. I didn't want to share this part of my life experience with her. If you were in my shoes, would you? When I told my mother of my intention to marry Eunice, she insisted that I tell her to avoid her hearing from outsiders and the dramas that will follow thereafter. Then on 14th of July, I invited Eunice to a hotel I lodged outside the city. I had planned a public engagement with all the bystanders watching an hour into the beautiful sight, but I changed my mind. Because unlike my previous plan, I have to tell the tale of shame, my family's shameful tale. After I told Eunice everything, she knelt with me and told me to put a ring on it. Dear Aponau, I married a woman who isn't afraid or ashamed of my family. I married someone who damned all her, all her father's threats made him see life from a different angle and made him to give me her hand in marriage. Did she hear the stories from outsiders later? Yes, but she is still with me, loving me and my family regardless. She is my superwoman, any day, any time. Dear Apunau, this is my story my own version of life experience, an ugly one. Thank you for this platform. 
Thank you for listening and not hiding your emotions when I share the story with you. I pray you grow bigger. Thank you again. Enuwa Kelly. Well, when I was talking with Caleb and he shared all the stories with me, I'll tell you the truth. I remember that I knew someone that this kind of thing happens to, or I knew a family that had this kind of experience. Life is really unfair. Lots of things were going through my mind when I was discussing with him. I asked myself, was there something his parents would have done to stop their brother or to stop their son from behaving that way? Was there something that could have been done to avert this kind of ugly situation? Nothing came to mind because from him, they did everything they knew best how to. But my dear listeners, if you have any comment or any review or there is any question, please, I am ever willing to listen. Because this story really shut me up. It kept me mute. It is still your girl, Stephanie Samuels Inhumweze, whom you are only allowed to address on this show as Dear Apple Now. This is the end of this episode. I am really down emotionally because this story really got to me. But I have to do the needful. Time out with Dear Apple Now. Real Life Stories is now live on Anchor, on Spotify, on Pocket Cast, on Google Podcasts, on Radio Republic, on Breakers. So if you want to listen to this episode, the previous one and subsequent ones to come, you can always search for Time Out with Dear Apple Now on Real Life Stories on any of the podcast platforms that I've already mentioned. Subscribe, follow also that you can always get notification on any time that I release. And then listen and leave your comments, your questions, and your reviews because I am only always interested in hearing them all. You know you can always contact me on 0814-658-7123 or you can chat me up on WhatsApp on 070-3502-4392. I am still your girl, Stephanie Samuels, whom you are only allowed to address on this show as Dear Apple till I come your way again. Please, take care of yourself. Guard your life jealously. Make sure that you're living the best kind of life because trust me, nobody is going to be a better version of yourself than you can ever be. Till I come again, just know that dear Apna will always love you. Bye.